What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Chapter 177 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the Clone Convoy to Congress episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Annie Kelly, Liv Agar, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we've got the entire crew together to explore a set of QAnon-related news stories. Our first big story is about Ron Watkins, now congressional candidate, and his recent rant at an Arizona school board meeting, where he screeched about communists and critical race theory, among other things. He has a partner with him, and they served documents to the people there. It's very weird. In that vein, we'll be speaking to Haley of Arizona Right Wing Watch, who attended Ron's very first political rally on February 1st in Prescott, Arizona. Our second story involves a whole bunch of red-pilled Canadian truckers forming a convoy and heading to Ottawa to confront Trudeau. Liv, I think you have some explaining to do for, for, for this home country of They're yours. making Canada great again. What else is there to say? They're importing great again via freight truck. <laughs> but before we dive into all of these, Annie has prepared uh, an appetizer of sorts. Boris Johnson may be a clone. And now I can say this because I don't live in the UK. Annie... <laughs> Are you in full agreement with this statement? I am, yeah. I'm coming to you guys with some pretty dark news. For years now, I've been giving you the impression that Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister of the UK, and I've recently learned that that is in fact misinformation. So I apologize for the part I played in spreading that. Whoa, this is yeah. an about face. Really, we've tainted the sanctity of this podcast. <laughs> So it all began with the ongoing Westminster scandal in my country known as Partygate, where it was revealed that at various points over lockdown, number 10 Downing Street has been rocking out like it's 1999. This has naturally rocked the British public's world, as it speaks to the darkest anxiety at the heart of every Englishman, the fear that someone, somewhere, is having fun. <laughs> A much-awaited report was published into this yesterday, and Sir Keir Starmer, leader of the Labour Party, took the opportunity to condemn Boris Johnson's poor leadership and flagrant breaches of the very rules he created. Johnson hit back with a low blow, referencing Sir Starmer's job history as the head of the Crown Prosecution Service. Well, Mr Speaker, there's, there's, there's a reason why he said absolutely nothing about the report presented uh, by, by this government and made put in the Library of the House earlier on today. That is because, Mr Speaker, the report does absolutely nothing to substantiate the tissue of nonsense uh, he has just spoken. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Instead, Mr Speaker, this, this leader of the opposition, a former director of public prosecutions, Mr Speaker, he spent most of his time prosecuting journalists and failing to prosecute Jimmy Savile, as far as I can make out, Mr Speaker. He, Mr. Speaker, chose to use the, chose to use this moment. He used this moment, Mr. Speaker, continually to prejudge a police inquiry. That's what he chose to do. Uh, he, he's reached his conclusions about it. I'm not going to reach any conclusions, and he, and he would be entirely and entirely wrong to do so. You know, I've never seen Reese Moog this happy. <laughs> <laughs> I sentence you to thirty years in Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just love the hubbub, you know? Like, man, I American know, Congress I, is boring compared to. Our politics are so barbaric. Aren't I they? know. 
<laughs> I know. I wish our politicians were allowed to have it out like this. I mean, I think it would release a lot of uh, tensions in America if we could just scream at each other, you know, in a in a you know seemingly professional setting. It's funny because like Canada has all of the British decorum, but none of like the swag. It's all like <laughs> like America, where it's like really calm. Uh, yeah, you just don't have the like yeah natural rage that's in the heart of all British people. That's the problem. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the fact that they outlawed throwing vegetables. <laughs> yeah, that would only add to the swag and potentially the drip as well. Where are, where are the gallows, sirs? Give us the entire uh, medieval, you know, court of the people. Now, to be clear, what Johnson said to Starmer is technically true in that the CPS did investigate but not prosecute Savile in 2009 while Starmer was the director of prosecutions there. The clear implication, however, that Starmer personally made that decision or in some way covered up his crimes is not. The investigation collapsed due to none of the four victims who were interviewed being prepared to testify in court, a problem that is all too common in prosecuting cases of sexual assault, but particularly against such a powerful celebrity. There's a lot to be said about how those victims and Savile's countless others were failed at an institutional level, but it's a pretty serious matter to turn into a sassy comeback. There was one group of people who were very pleased with Johnson raising the matter, QAnon. British QAnoners here have been circulating a story about Starmer's supposed involvement with Savile for years, and were delighted to see their meme having reached the halls of Parliament. There was just one problem, though. They also believe Boris Johnson is a satanic paedophile colluding with the deep state. <laughs> His sudden red-pilling was a big deal, but it needed an explanation. They arrived at the only obvious conclusion – Despite the evidence of your eyes and ears, it wasn't Johnson who said it at all. So what appears to be a small Muppet or Sesame Street <laughs> character says, if this is the fake Bojo, and I hope it is, then I'm all for him calling out Starmer. We're all in the same club, but a fake Boris won't be. So the idea here is that um, Boris wouldn't be a pedophile if there was a clone of him? Yeah, that's right. The idea okay. is that the, it must be a fake Boris because the real Boris would never call out paedophilia because he's deeply involved in it all. I see. So that's an interesting loophole. So when you make a clone of someone, they are absolved of all heinous crimes, the original <laughs> made. Mm -hmm. And they're also, they take out the, the pedophilia gene. Mm, brilliant. Yeah, but if you see, the second quote says, yes, it is. He even has a different eye color. I say leave him there as it looks like the white hats are controlling him. So maybe nice. when they changed his eye color, they also changed the pedophilia thing. Yeah. Not, not a white hat clone expert. I hold my hands up. He does resemble like a human lightly draped over uh, some pretty <laughs> grotesque, uh, you know, wooden structure, maybe held by strings. So this makes sense. One enterprising user even found an old Q drop from March 2020, which seemed to predict exactly what they were thinking. Mystery solved. Play a game of where are they now? Think CEOs. Think FBI. Think DOJ. Think WH. Think state. Think C-A. Think F Intel. Think judge install. Think SC install. Think DOJ install. Think FBI install. Think CIA install. Think PMUK install. Think. <laughs> the best is yet to come. Q. My God. 
So, yeah, confirmed. Yeah. Not the mm-hmm. real Boris Johnson. <laughs> At some point, he was replaced with a clone by the White Hats. Mm, I like it. They updated him like Windows 11. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, he got a warning. You know, he got a, a, a warning notice. It was time to update. And he made the, the, uh, the carnal mistake of clicking yes. Never let the new Boris Johnson rule too quickly because all of your drivers will break. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this whole story has come as quite a depressing development to me, honestly. I've often thought one of the main differences between US and UK QAnon is that UK QAnon, for all its insanity, at least doesn't seem to cleave across partisan lines in exactly the same way as it does for our US brethren. Most QAnoners here seem to share a near-universal hatred of all politicians and parties. If this theory takes off, though, and Boris becomes recast as a secret white hat clone working against the sinister machinations of the deep state, we might be seeing the beginnings of a QAnon realignment here, which is pretty depressing. Damn. Well, at least they hate everybody, kind of, but I guess now there's like a good Boris who's a clone. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, you want like at least one hero in the story. Yeah, and of course it's Boris Johnson. (laughs) Well, they just were like, well, it can't be Boris Johnson, but what if it was... Boris Johnson. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they solve the problem for the, the missing Trump figure for Q. It's, it's that easy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sort of surprised that like British Hunan people don't like Boris. I mean, because, you know, if, especially like the Lib view, he's like, oh, it's just like Trump, but in Britain. Mm. And he's, he's got that sort of comical right wing stuff to him. Yeah. But I don't think he's got Trump's thing of being like an outsider. Right. In the same way, like he's kind of Eton educated, Oxford like. Mm-hmm. He's quite clearly kind of an aristocrat or comes from an aristocratic family. Like it just doesn't quite work in the same way as Trump being a kind of Washington outsider did. Right. Congressional candidate Ronald Watkins versus the Scottsdale School Board. This week it's fallen on me to cover a well known figure in the QAnon scene Ron Watkins, aka Code Monkey Z. Now, a bit of background for those who don't know. Ron is the son of Jim Watkins, owner of 8chan, now 8kun, the board on which Q posted most of their drops. Ron was also the administrator of 8kun until he quote-unquote retired from that position as media attention grew, culminating in the HBO documentary Q Into the Storm, which made a compelling argument that Ron was at the very least closely involved in QAnon, using his administrative privileges to verify Q's identity at a crucial moment in early 2018, after which many believe he was in control of the Q posts, whether or not he was writing them himself. Now, Ron, of course, denies all of this, but has since used his personal account, first on Twitter before being banned and now on Telegram, to spread conspiracy theories about the 2020 election, COVID, and a variety of other stuff. He's also more openly adopted writing structures resembling cues, perhaps as a troll, or maybe because he just doesn't give a shit what it looks like anymore. And that's the catch with Ron. He's one of the most inauthentic human beings on Earth. He approaches reality with a terminal case of Chan brain, believing that red-pilling of the masses far outweighs the humiliation of pretending to be a simple country patriot. He speaks in catchphrases mostly and veers between this kind of barely masked contempt for the true believers and a sort of hapless Mr. Magoo act. Now, I'm really not trying to cast him as some sort of Machiavellian genius either, but it is clear that his shtick speaks to at least three different audiences. The libs, who he wants to either believe he's an evil mastermind or a hapless moron, the Q-supporting rubes, who he needs support from and gets a lot of love from, and the nihilistic Chan creatures who form his core circle who have a refined palate that can appreciate what Ron is really attempting to do. Which, in simple words, is to red pill the normies by any means. 
If you research early QAnon, and especially the communities that formed around it on the image boards, you're going to hear this stated as their goal over and over. Even if they don't even believe Q is a military or government insider, they'll shrug their shoulders and say, who gives a shit? It's red-pilling the normies. And today, what Ron is doing is really no different at all. He's switched over to his personal account, he's grown more integrated into a subsection of the GOP, but all of his posting, and even his congressional campaign in Arizona's second district, are just extended attempts to pill the normies, build clout, and maybe make some money along the way. So it's unsurprising that he's embraced Steve Bannon's nihilistic grassroots approach to overwhelming low-level American institutions by saying dumb shit at school board meetings, mostly. On Tuesday, the 25th of January, Ron showed up to the Scottsdale Unified School District to make a speech with plenty of supportive people in tow. In a video he published to his Telegram, you can see him standing at the podium, waiting to begin his speech while a maskless woman hands out notices to each of the school board members who are all saying, no, you can't do this, no, no. And uh, once she's done, because she doesn't listen to them, everybody applauds, including Ron. And uh, on his Telegram channel, Ron has identified her as Mickey Clan. Now, that's a K and two N's in that. Um, explaining that she represents an organization called Bonds for the Win. Now, I looked into her a bit more, and she's, um, she appears to be a 47-year-old web designer living in Scottsdale, Arizona. She does notably have a long string of companies to her name, all of which are currently active somehow. Tugo Web LLC. Contribute LLC, that's contribute with a W, uh, General Brilliance LLC, Golf Nations LLC, Imagine Nations Technology and Innovation LLC, Indulgent Industries LLC, Liqua Media Website Design LLC, and MMK 2021 Investment LLC. So based on that list, it appears she likes her liabilities limited. <laughs> <laughs> So it sounds like she's either um, a really amazing business person starting up all these companies or she's really terrible and or alternatively, <laughs> she's incredibly corrupt. One of those three options would explain this long list of LLCs. Yeah, who knows which of those it is. Mickey, whose real name is Michelle, has appeared as a guest on two QAnon talk shows hosted respectively by influencers Scott McKay, a.k.a. Patriot Street Fighter, and Nicholas Vinyamin. On McKay's show, she appeared alongside Tommy Numbers and Negative 48 himself, oh. Michael Protzman. Unsurprisingly, they discussed Gematria extensively. Ali Metzi, who goes by Peniel Decalcify on Twitter and happens to be uh, the QAA lawyer, dug a little further and concluded that the effort was, quote, a sovereign citizen-esque scheme to harass public officials. Klan's organization is raising money, and by Metzi's account, quote, involves a fiction where every public office holder must have a surety bond from a private company to hold office. Klan promises followers that they can get these private companies to remove people from office. Now, Bonds for the Win encourages groups of 10 or more people to serve the public officials with letters of intent. On their fundraising page, they explain, quote, in this letter, state only the facts and what rules or laws have been broken. Give them your conditions. Be strong and firm. Give them 48 to 72 hours to meet your conditions. After this, these amateur Batman villains are told to, quote, file a claim against their bond. As Metzi points out, quote, the underlying promise of clan scheme is fake. She is lying to people when she says a probably imaginary surety bond company can remove someone from public office if people complain. So just complete horseshit. Another one of her weird companies, apparently, and this one's heavily political. So we've got... A classic case of Arizona red pilling. So that's like a fascinating scam. So she's like 
scamming all of these like red pill people, presumably to get like people out of office that they don't like because they are into critical race theory or vaccines or whatever. There's no clear way for her to make money with this other than maybe just raising money for the organization separately. Like oh. the, the scheme itself actually doesn't financially exploit them. It really does just get harassment to happen against. Right. Uh, yeah. And in the process, it also gets people to quote unquote, identify these officials, which means that they're basically doxing them in the mm. process of harassing them as well and sharing that information online with others. So once the applause for Klan settles down, uh, Ron Watkins addresses the school board. So here's his speech in its entirety. It's about two minutes long, and the second half is mostly just people yelling at him to stop while he talks. (laughs) (laughs) Tough crowd. Communism is encroaching on our country. Communist school boards are now indoctrinating our children with transsexual propaganda and teaching them to be racist against white people by teaching racist, violent, critical racist theory. I'm not white myself, but I've dealt with racism and understand how dangerous and misguided it is to teach our children to be racist. Teaching our vulnerable children to be racist and indoctrinating them with transsexual propaganda was not the intent of our founding fathers when they fought and sacrificed for our freedoms so many years ago. The communist creeps at our school boards are now taking our parental rights away by teaching our children that they can be vaccinated without parental consent. This is a blatant destruction of the family units with the goal of undermining our society from the ground up. Communism must not take hold. We must never comply with communist policies. I am Ron Watkins, running for Congress in Arizona's District Number 2. When I am elected to office, I will be introducing legislation to stop the communist creeps at school boards around our beautiful state and country from enacting unconstitutional, tyrannical, liberty-destroying, anti-God policies. Without God, we have tyranny, and the tyranny can be seen right here and right now. With the insane policies these creepy communist school boards are trying to enforce, I hereby give notice of my intent to file a claim against the bonds of this school board for enforcing unconstitutional policies against our children. If the school board does not immediately cease and desist with their unconstitutional policies, I intend to file a bond claim within five business days. Thank you very much and God bless. Standing ovation. Nailed it. <laughs> I've never heard the transsexual propaganda part uh, yet. That seems to be a new addition to mm-hmm. his cornucopia of fucking awful beliefs that he's bitching about. Which is, of course, this podcast now. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's, it's been infiltrated, let's say, as communists would also infiltrate. That's true. So maybe he's right about our podcast, but he's not right about the school boards. <laughs> In response to this, a school district spokesperson told Newsweek that Scottsdale Unified School District does not teach critical race theory as part of our approved curriculum, nor does it vaccinate students or determine what vaccinations are required for school enrollment. Assertions to the contrary are fabricated and are made in pursuit of a political agenda not designed to advance the educational objectives of the school district. But all these facts are really just beside the point. For months now, Ron has been promoting conspiracy theories on Telegram and raising money for his political campaign. 
the school board meeting appearance and teaming up with this bonds company uh, bullshit is just another PR opportunity for him, coming on the tail of a rather poor interview of Watkins conducted by CNN, during which none of his background was addressed, and he presented himself as a legitimate political candidate. In recent weeks, Ron has appeared on multiple far-right shows, including those of David Clements, Jeffrey Peterson, not to be confused with Jeffrey Peterson, aka In the Matrix, on whose podcast he's also appeared, <laughs> Conservative Daily with Joe Altman, and his own podcast that he runs with Tony Tiora called like Nerve Center, I think, on which Watkins interviewed Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, a COVID misinformation idiot. So, I mean, obviously on offer, same trash as usual, election, COVID conspiracy theories, that kind of stuff, self-promotion. Since losing his Twitter account, Ron mostly communicates on Telegram, but he's also set up a couple websites, one in his own name and the other to collect funds for his campaign. His slogan there is, quote, fighting for God, freedom, and truth, no matter the consequence. As I mentioned earlier, Ron appeared on the longtime QAnon fixture, The Matrix Groove Show, or MG Show. The hosts interviewed Ron at an event for Mike Flynn called Reawaken America in Phoenix, Arizona. Here's how they set up the interview before airing it, and um, I thought this was quite comical. I kind of want to set this up a little bit because it was kind of funny. Because the same dude, what was that guy's name? Uh, what's his name, Shady? Oh my gosh, I forgot his Hold name. back, Holland. Yeah. So there's uh, the cue into the storm, Kurt Hobeck guy following around <laughs> uh, Code Monkey Z. There he is right there. And Shady and I were like, hey, can we get a picture with you? And what, what did I do, Shady? What did I, I whispered into his ear. What did I say? What, do you remember? He said, we just interviewed Q. <laughs> <laughs> cute <laughs> uh man so we we kind of trolled him a little bit there's code monkey right there and boy the conversation shady that we had in the elevator and uh, it, uh before and after the interview were quite epic uh <laughs> as you know uh myself and shady and many many anons have been digging on the q research board on eight coon and uh code monkey z is the one that made that possible in order for q to post so yeah they're like going up to Cullen and just whispering stuff into his ears. <laughs> That's a lot weirder than what they were doing with Travis. He just wanted to make sure Travis, you know, knew about this Chinese family's bloodline and uh, <laughs> yeah. that he wasn't such a bad guy. Yeah, I was. I'll, I also say that uh, I'll be a little bit skeptical. He talked about our encounter once and he kind of like misrepresented it a little bit. So I, I don't know how mm. much of this is entirely true. Who knows? The interview is really quite tedious. In the Matrix, a.k.a. Jeffrey Peterson, spends a good part of it showing off his baking skills to the sensei. But Ron does explain how he claims to have decided to run for Congress. So I was like a digital activist, right? Just mm -hmm. doing work online, trying to figure out all this stuff. And you know, we're just trying to dig up information and do the best we can to uh, hold the politicians and, and uh, the corrupt officials accountable. Yes, they need to be held accountable. And, you know, they're most... Oh, yeah. And they're most scared of the truth. So I dig and I find the truth and I bring it out and I'm not scared to publish it. And I was finding all this crazy stuff that you know, should be putting people in jail. Right. But nothing ever happens. You know, the politicians just sit on, they sit on their hands and nothing ever happens. So I figured, you know, if they're not going to do it, then I might as well get in and do it myself. So uh, it was about six months ago, I was thinking, uh, what am I doing with myself? What am I doing with my time? And I had two people ask me on the same exact day. They're like, hey, Ron, what are you doing? Like, what is, the, what, what are you doing? What is the point of all this activism that you're doing? 
I was like, well, I don't really know. So I thought about it for two days, and and I came to the conclusion, yeah, I have to run for office. It's not what I want to do, but it's what I need to do. What what degree do you think of the awkwardness is like a bit compared to just him being an awkward guy? He's actually quite a smooth guy, uh, actually, apparently, um, interpersonally. Right. He, he puts on this kind of deer in headlights act, right, and right. I think... You know, the smiling, sometimes he just can't help himself. Like, he's just trolling so fucking hard that yeah. he's smiling a bit. I think he also was told to smile because he's supposed to be a politician. Mm. Oh my so it's layers of shit. I think he also just might suffer from just, like, not knowing what to do with your hands when you're on camera, which I get that, too. Yeah. That's, that's relatable. Mm-hmm. In the interview, Ron sticks to the same claims he brought up to Travis on last week's main episode that covered the Arizona Trump rally. And that's that he wants to protect Native American land rights and cares about human trafficking, basically. But here he ties it to one of his congressional opponents, apparently sponsored by Mark Cuban. And Ron explains, quote, My opponent is a billionaire who is trying to poison the Native Americans. (laughs) So if you ever thought it was a genuine concern of his, I hope that puts it to rest. He's just using it to attack his opponent in the Republican primary, accusing him of being a rhino and surprisingly a carpetbagger, which is really rich coming from Ron, who lived in the Philippines and then Japan and then moved back and started this congressional run. Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously it's not surprisingly shameless, but I I suppose it's Mm. characteristically shameless. So after explaining that Ron was combating evil forces by running for Congress and praising his ground game, Peterson then shifted to fundraising for him. And of course, because Peterson cannot help himself, he also slipped in a Q reference. Where do they donate? Let's pick a random right. number, uh, 17. My listeners, our listeners, are going to donate $17 to Ron Watkins right now in Arizona running for Congress. So give them the, give them the address and, yeah. and give them the 246. All right. So you can donate to my campaign at... And $17, that's that's a great number. It's a random number. Yeah, it's it's quite an auspicious number, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, every penny counts. We're running a lean campaign. Uh, We're not flush with money. You know, we're just scrapping by. But we're doing the best that we can with what we got. And, and, you know, money is starting to come in more and more. So hopefully by the time the primary comes along, we'll we'll have raised enough to do some TV ads. That'd be really fantastic. I love that because, like, $17 is so little for a campaign <laughs> like maybe say 170 or something like they couldn't help themselves he's gonna tank his campaign because he keeps asking for 17 instead of 50 <laughs> yeah. that would be a funny yeah, result yeah he's gonna end up with like 740 bucks <sighs> oh my god speaking of money uh ron recently filed the year-end report for his campaign and it appears that by new year's eve 2021 he had collected a bit over thirty thousand dollars in contributions holy shit he also declared uh operating costs of seventeen thousand dollars don't even know if that one's a troll (laughs) (laughs) i just can't i don't even care anymore so the interview ended pretty funnily uh peterson was like before we go where we go one but then Ron didn't respond, so oh, Jeffrey man. just finished it himself. Here you go, wall. <laughs> he oh. left him hanging. <laughs> oh, I guess we don't all go. No. If uh, Watkins was in any way related intimately to Q, that's a great sort of analogy for his attitude mm-hmm. to Q people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did follow up, you know, to end the interview. He went, um, thank you and God bless. You know, so that's, it's just whatever. I mean, he's not really conspiracy theory shy. He's been on Telegram these past months just absolutely going nuts. 
asking his followers bullshit Q-style questions like, Was the Omicron variant created using gain-of-function technology, then dropped off in Africa to spread through the world? He's uh, been comparing vaccine mandates to the Holocaust, of course, and claiming that, quote, the legal framework and physical infrastructure for concentration camps are being put into place. Bold, bold statement. Um, he has not ab- abandoned, of course, the election conspiracy theories either. I mean, that were that was basically his bread and butter in the interregnum between the last Q posts and his ban from Twitter. And on December 17th, and this is for sure, you know, <laughs> not by mistake, 2021, Ron posted something he called the Clarion's Call. And it's basically halfway between a Q drop and the 14 words. Oh, good. So. Yeah, but it reads like a, like a John Mayer song. <laughs> <laughs> I vowed to take no, a struggle no, come to on, the man. <laughs> Read it with the Q voice, you lunatic. <laughs> I vowed to punish the enemies no. of our constitution. Oh, my God. Okay. I vow to take our struggle to the halls of Congress. I vow to punish the enemies of our constitution. I vow to bring retribution upon the corrupt institutions, killing our family and friends for profit. I vow to shine the light of truth deep into the eyes of the demons of DC. I vow to throw a wrench into the political engines that have stolen our God-given rights. I vow to engage in mortal combat against the satanic mandates. I vow to put on the whole armor of God and fearlessly stand on the front lines of the battle between good and evil. I vow to fight for freedom. I vow to fight for you with your support and God's great will. Our crusade against evil will be victorious, and we will leave a better America for our children. Oh, man. (sighs) (laughs) And by the way, this kind of went under the radar, I think. Like, not really many people, like, picked up that he was doing a troll on December 17th. But, yeah, this Mm. post is so clearly his attempt at rocking a a Q post. His telegram broadly reads like a greatest hits of QAnon bullshit. You know, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Globalists are trying to impose it on you. It's all a communist plot. His campaign is over the target, etc. And this is punctuated by fundraising links, media appearances, and like links to bullshit articles or whatever. But he has held a rally in Prescott, Arizona on February 1st, 2022, where he collected signatures to appear on the ballot in the Republican primary for Arizona's 2nd District. The flyer for the event, which Ron posted on Telegram, encouraged attendees to bring Trump signs and stated that he'd be giving out campaign merch. Now, I'm speaking with Haley from Arizona Right Wing Watch. That's AZ underscore RWW on Twitter. She attended the event on our behalf. Welcome to the show, Haley. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a it's a pleasure. You've been doing great work for a while, uh, specifically in Arizona, and we've kind of you know just met up with you at events because we're both uh, covering them. Um, so it's a pleasure to finally work a little bit together. Oh yeah, I got kicked out of an event with Travis. That was fun. That well, <laughs> for, for Travis who got to stay in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so speaking of events, you showed up a bit late to this rally, but. Ron wasn't even there, so it didn't matter. Uh, so what were like, what were the vibes of the, you know, crowd forming there? Yeah, so I was late because there was a fire on the one road up there. So that'll wow. stop traffic for a while. Um, but uh, so I was just sitting around waiting and there was already like a group of about 30 people there. And you could tell it was people waiting for Ron because there was a guy selling a frazzle drip 
shirt. <laughs> One of the best shirts I've ever seen. It's not just Frazzle Drip. It has Frazzle Drip, Adrenochrome, HRC, so referencing Hillary. It says Ho, yeah. It says Ho as well. I missed that. Yeah. And then it says Save the Children, hashtag Save the Children on the side, on the arms. And in the, in the middle is like one of the most awful looking rabbits that can't even be described as a white rabbit, like a kind <laughs> of gray, like edgy rabbit you might see on like a No Fear t-shirt in the 90s. Yeah. One of the coolest t-shirts. Um, I saw you nabbed yourself one of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... <laughs> I am deranged, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's set up like this t-shirt salesman who just just likes Ron, I guess, like set up there. Like, Yeah, I think he was just uh, hanging out because he was talking to Tony Tior for a while. Mm-hmm. Ron's campaign manager slash Alien Leaks partner. Yes. So yes, for the listener, this guy, Tony Tiora, wrote a few harebrained books in the kind of comedy sci-fi genre. Then he was involved with the Alien League stunt that Ron pulled. And now they have a shitty podcast together called Nerve Center. And of course, I just found out he's also Ron's campaign manager, paid uh, an apparent sum of $4,000 a month uh, in, in, the, in the first month that he's working for him or something. I don't, is that, is that about right? Yeah, the FEC filings just came out for Ron and he didn't make that much, but uh, his donations show that like he's paying Tony, so Tony's getting paid. <laughs> That's good for Tony. Good for Tony. He was carrying all the boxes. That was the thing is that Ron was late. So I was sitting around and I <laughs> thought maybe that big crowd was it. I thought Ron wasn't going to show. Like I thought mm. maybe he was just going to have people like collect signatures for him because he needs 2000 still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just sitting around waiting and I was like, maybe I'll just talk to some people. And then as soon as I started to get up to record that Ron Watkins for Congress truck that was driving next to me on the way up, he showed up. I saw him walking down the plaza and I saw him. He was walking just a uh, cool Ron in his suit. Yeah. And Tony's carrying like two giant boxes <laughs> yeah. of merch mm-hmm. that they were handing out. Incredible. So Tony's, Tony's earning the money. He, he's, he's working. Oh, yeah. No, he's a hardworking <laughs> man, um, and he seems that way. But this truck also, like, it's hard to just say, oh, it's a let's go Brandon, you know, pro Ron Watkins truck. It, it is a, a white painted uh, wood panel kind of um, drilled to the side of this truck, and it has been spray painted with, like, military stencils. Uh, in just black. It's yeah, very real DIY. Bare, bare bones and kind of spoke briefly, I guess, to the, the guy who was driving it. And he appeared to be just a supporter of Ron who'd driven there. Yeah, he's from Phoenix. He's from Peoria. And um, he was at the Trump rally with that truck also. I didn't see him and I didn't see Travis post about it. So, but yeah, so he was there supporting Ron um, and he drove all the way from Peoria to... Uh, just give his support. He's a big fan. There was two guys that seemed like they were pretty actual big fans of Ron. And then a lady who got a bunch of merch for her kids and they were all running around in Ron hats. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, they were like little, little. Yeah, because you know, Ron talked about his daughter briefly. Yeah, we're going to watch that footage actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that was something that uh, a few people in the press might have gotten wrong. They said, you know, he's childless. He's going to the school district. Now it's irrelevant. His child does not go to school there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has to kind of address it. So that was that was interesting to know that he he does have a daughter. Okay, so you show up. You know, Ron arrives. What what is the the vibe among the crowd? Are they are they like wow? Oh, they were excited as soon as they saw him walking. They all that's how I knew it, it was all for him. Finally, they all started to huddle towards him. Um, because when this, if you watch my video, if you look at the speech, it was originally facing another direction. It was facing the direction of that Ron Watkins for Congress truck. Right. And then my video cuts facing the courthouse because like, uh, he just started talking as soon as the group swarmed him. 
like he was excited to talk. Um, but then like a media team got there. So uh, we switched over to the courthouse setting. So he had like a nice backdrop. And it was that an MSM or, or were they pro Ron? Uh, no, it was like a local news team, like uh, News 12 or something. And I bet they weren't asking any questions about QAnon. Um, no, I think they were just asking about his campaign because I talked mm-hmm. to the guy afterwards and he said that he asked him about um, who was helping him set up the campaign finances for his campaign. And he said Joel Oltman was. So. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah that that's guy. another name. Great. Yeah, he did uh, speak to Ron recently as well. Yeah, normal guy. So, okay, so do you, would you say like everybody was like signing the petition and, and, and how oh, many yeah. people overall like over the two hours were there? There was only like 30-ish people, you know, um, mm-hmm. mostly older people. Yeah. One, three percent are there. I, he had the patches on. Ron said there were a hundred. So are you saying that's not I'm going to say that's a bit of a lie. <laughs> it's, it was pretty, it was no. And some of yeah. the people there, okay. So there was a, a group of people there that were there like for this thing called Trump Tuesdays. So every Tuesday, a group of uh, people meet on that corner and they just wave flags. And uh, it says like Trump Tuesdays on the signs. And that's what they do. So they were already there. Some people were already there. But right. the lady that leads it said to me as she was coming up, like, oh, we do this every Tuesday, but um, Ron Watkins is here today. So she knew. Okay. Yeah. So he was like a guest at yeah. something that was already occurring, and it still was about 30 people. Yeah. It's not like a big thing that occurs. It's just a group of mostly older ladies that stand on the corner every Tuesday and wave Trump flags and people honk at them. Amazing. Arizona. <laughs> That's everywhere. I see that everywhere. So, you know, his speech was, you know, a lot of, uh, pretty boring. He kind of like dishes on Brnovich. He's like, maybe he's getting paid so he can go on CNN and, you know. Yeah, which is funny because uh, I don't think I've seen Brnovich on CNN. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I don't know. He's the, I mean, he is right wing as hell, like border oh, yeah. hardline guy. Uh, and he's the Arizona uh, attorney general, right? Yeah, the current one. Yeah. The guy who used nunchucks to kind of subtly threaten Ron. <laughs> No, that's an old meme. Okay, so okay. He, Ron mm-hmm. says that that's, a, that's an attack on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a reference to an old... He made an old video where he did a nunchuck thing. So he's just, he's just memeing. This has Great. nothing to do with Ron. <laughs> yeah. So he does that. He talks a lot about his um, opponent's connection to Mark Cuban, the guy from fucking Shark Tank. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he talked about Eli Crane, which is not really his main opponent. Eli Crane has about as good a chance as Ron does. Okay. His main job is making huge um, bottle openers out of the giant bullets, you know, the huge bullets. Look his website up. It's pretty sick. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so he yeah. uh, he was on Shark Take, and the bullet bottle opener is what Mark Cuban funded. So that's his connections yeah. to Mark Cuban. He explains, he's like, you're small business owners, he tells the crowd. If a billionaire owns 10% of your company, he controls it. Yeah. Which doesn't, <laughs> not how it works, but um, I would expect at least a 51% if the person wants to have uh, any kind of control over a small business. Uh, so anyways, all that was kind of bullshit anyways. It, n- none of it mattered. Yeah, because Eli Crane isn't his main opponent opponent in the Republican primary, it'll be Walt Blackman, mm. who is kind of the favorite. He's already a Republican here. He's uh, in the House. Right. And he's pretty popular. But right now, the Gateway Pundit is kind of doing these like hit pieces on Walt Blackman, uh, kind of going after him a bit. So I think they're helping 
uh, a little bit, Ron. Hmm. We have like a local gateway pundit reporter here and he's, um, he'll help Ron, I think. <laughs> Was he there? Or? No, I thought he would be because I see him hmm. at all the, like the Thrive Time event. He covered that. He He's at all the, uh, like a bit more pilled events, you know. Mm-hmm. And another uh, recent PR stunt uh, is Ron Watkins' association with the Warrior Healing Center in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Yeah. He claims to have done an interview for NBC alongside uh, the guy kind of running it, Colonel Tim Kirk. Um, And actually, I wanted to kind of just dip into the part of the speech where he's talking about this, because it's quite uh, comical, because Tony Tiora breaks in, like, totally unprompted to... (laughs) Uh, you know, explain that. Hey, Tony here. <laughs> that Ron gave uh gave them some money. Ron, to be clear, gave this center an eighth of what he paid Tony for one month of work. <laughs> <laughs> so here they are. I, I learned a lot about the PTSD issue and the suicide issue. That's actually so somber and so so sad. But we have the great patriots like uh, Colonel Cook out there who, or Colonel Kirk out there who are really doing a fantastic job for the. For the veterans. And, and when I, I hate to interrupt Ron. Yes, but, that's my campaign um, manager. Hi, Tony Tierra. Nice to meet you guys. Yes. So, hey, you know, Tony. They, yesterday, so when we were talking um, with the Colonel Tim Kirk, Ron was so, like, you know, like when he was there, he was just so shook up. He said, so sad to have all these PTSD deaths and suicides. We haven't raised a lot of money. We raised only like over $30,000. And he said, we take no dirty money, no lobbyist money. Ron said, let's give these guys like five hundred dollars to help them out for the campaign. So he's giving our campaign money away. Well, I mean we have we have to check the rules first and the rules said it's okay. So one clap. To be clear, it appears that Tony Tiora believes the D in PTSD stands for deaths because he said PTS deaths. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love Tony Tiora because he's, he's great. if Ron were to basically troll by associating himself with, you know, maybe the biggest doofus. I mean, very strong Magoo energy uh, with Tiora. And I think I just think it's, I don't know, it's clearly a troll. Like the guy is incapable he has no experience in any of this i know there's a very funny moment when when he's like handing out the free shirts and hats and he's like take as many as you want i mean you only get one but (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's great (laughs) he is so funny he's like but if you have family members i guess maybe you can take a second one yeah (laughs) (laughs) unclear uh another thing that that uh ron addressed was the cyber symposium so here he was talking about that no uh my understanding is the hammer and scorecard stuff is real, but uh, the data that we got, that we saw at the Cyber Symposium, uh, I believe it was 30-some terabytes. There was just no way to go through and verify all 30 terabytes. It was, it was just impossible with the amount of time we had and the, and, uh, the stuff, the, the equipment that we had. But what I did see was there was some data in there uh, related to elections. And there were PCAPs related to elections. And I, I looked at that and I confirmed, yes, these are related PCAPs related to elections. But I was not able to confirm all 32 terabytes because it's just so much. And uh, Mike Wendell is a great patriot. And I spoke with him a few a few days ago. I believe it was last week. And he said he was thinking about endorsing the campaign. I don't know if he will or not, but I surely hope he does. Better endorse the campaign. Come on, Ron. And I'll let you know, I took zero funds for that cyber symposium event. I did not ask for money. I did not accept any money. I did that as a volunteer. And I was on the red team and we there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And I helped out as much as I could with that. And I, in my opinion, the cyber symposium was a success. 
and I hope there's another one. And if there is, I hope they invite me back. So that's interesting because you know he wants to keep spreading conspiracy theories. The the hammer and scorecard one is is uh, obviously fake. We've debunked it in the past on the show, but um, you know that was broadly considered a disaster. Uh, unfortunately, Ron still has to play nice with Lindell because Lindell's throwing around a lot of money, and his endorsement would probably help Ron a little bit to be oh, able yeah. to at least afford Tony Tiora's you know high prices. And um, like I said, his main opponent is Walt Blackman, and um, he just came out and said he doesn't support decertification, which is their new thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, they could really kind of go after him on that, um, yeah. you know, to stop the steel crowd. Mm-hmm. There was also a moment where a man dressed in a bright print shirt of the American flag with, like, a giant eagle asked Ron about the death of one of the people involved in the Arizona audit, a guy called Aaron Wagner. Wagner yeah. Yeah, and... This is interesting because I think it's like a subtle, they're trying to make him into a Seth Rich. Yeah, there's some backstory on this that's interesting. Yeah, so let's listen to what he says first and then you can tell us about that. Well, you, do you have any inside information on Aaron Wagner, who was working on the Arizona audit? So I was friends with Aaron, Aaron and sadly he passed away a while back. Uh, my understanding is uh, someone posted his death certificate my understanding is he passed from COVID. Uh, the timing of his COVID death was, I, I believe it happened two or three days after he submitted these files to the Arizona Attorney General, Tony Brnovich. So, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the timing is... Suspicious. Suspicious, suspicious but, best, huh? but uh, yeah. the death certificate said COVID-19. So my understanding is he died from COVID. So it's like he wants it. He definitely wants his cake and to eat it too. Like, no, no, no. This is definitely suspicious death, but also like, I the the death certificate says COVID, so I believe it's that. Yeah. So uh, Ron posted about this in the past. The death of Aaron Wagner, who was not actually part of the audit. Um, he was just kind of friends with people okay. who were like pushing the audit. We the People Alliance mm. Arizona. Okay. Um, he was kind of involved with that group and, um, I think he got COVID in the wave when Cyber Ninjas got COVID. There was the big, like, uh, the report was delayed because Cyber Ninjas and a bunch of the team got COVID because he died shortly after that. And he did die of COVID. He was a pretty, uh... Hefty guy. He was not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And when that conspiracy first started, when they first started to claim that um, Brnovich basically killed them, some of the people that were in the like pro audit side got mad that there was conspiracies starting to be formed about their friend because he was a guy that was active in the in the audit scene. So they were the ones like people in the Telegram chats in like those uh AZ audit telegram chats mm-hmm. were the ones that were disputing what Ron was saying and posting his death certificate and saying like it was wrong of him to make conspiracies about their friend. Wow, that that's sad. Yeah. So um Aaron Wagner died of COVID. Yep. Um it says it on his death certificate. Uh, it's a fact. Um his family accepts that he died of COVID. Like this is a conspiracy about him. Um and they're claiming that Brnovich had him killed, had him bumped off after he uh, presented some evidence about the audit. So Incredible. Yeah. Another bullshit claim from Ron is that he cares about native tribes, which compose a segment of the district he's running in. Yeah. So, so here he is answering a woman's question about this. Are you going to meet with the tribal leaders? I plan to meet with tribal leaders, yes. 
Uh, I, I put some feelers out and I'm trying to meet, uh, right now I'm trying to meet with the Navajo Nation and we know the president of the Navajo Nation is like a fierce Democrat. He was actually out there, uh, you know, uh, campaigning for HR1, the Democrat, like steal the federal, like, federal control of the state elections. It's terrible. Uh, so I have a feeling that uh, he's not going to be talking to me. So. I'm going to be talking with the actual like elders of the community. I'm reaching out to the co-talkers out there, and I'm trying to uh, to set up a meeting with the co-talkers out in the Navajo Nations. And I I have uh, I've also put feelers out into the other uh, the other tribal areas, and uh, I've not yet met with any leaders out there, but I plan to over the next few months. So just to be clear, the code talkers that Ron is referencing are a group of Navajo that use the Navajo language to help the American military keep their messages safe from spying during World War II. Out of 400 men that participated, the AARP said in August 2021 that only four of them were still alive. Of those four, two are in Arizona, and they're aged 92 and 101. (laughs) The former has received the vaccine publicly and encourages everyone to do so as well. So I doubt he's interested in Ron's shit. So that leaves us with one person, the 101-year-old John Kinzel. And he lives in Lukachukai, Arizona, which is in Arizona's first congressional district, not where Ron is running in the second. So this is like one of the, one of the stupidest things I've heard in a long time. So what did you make of, of his claims? Because he does have to deal with uh, a certain voting block, right? Yeah, so the district that he's running in is, um, it has the uh, a big chunk of the native reservation on there, um, the Navajo Nation. Mm-hmm. So you have to campaign uh, for, for them. Like, they're a pretty big voting block in that part of the state of Arizona. Um, Walt Blackman does the same thing. He, you know, puts out ads about, like, water rights and stuff. Stuff they'll never address. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that question came from somebody in the audience. So it's like, it's an issue that people, you know, care about, care about up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, what, what, what's kind of interesting is that he uses the moment to basically smear the Navajo nation's leader. Yeah. Uh, so how are, how are you going to get them on your side starting like that? Yeah. And like, uh, I think they lean pretty blue in the Navajo mm-hmm. nation. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like attacking them for supporting voting rights. It's like, yeah, of course they support voting rights. Like, yeah, uh, it's harder to vote on the reservations. Of course, they want better access to voting, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it really feels like him just, you know, using Code Talker is him being like, well, I'm going to be appealing to the good World War II era Native Americans, yeah. uh, of which there is none of them relevant to to his district. But it, it is, it's sad. Like, it's, it's obviously... You know, the, 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 the Navajo people in that district deserve better by oh, yeah. far than this bullshit. Uh, so there was like this um, really weird point where like an older woman, no doubt part of that kind of Trump Tuesday thing. She asks Ron a question, but she's very quiet. So, so here he is repeating it for the crowd. Her question was, how am I going to resist lobby, lobbyist money once I get into Congress? And how am I going to resist women once I get in the Congress? <laughs> no, uh, That's a good no, one. Okay, lobbyist money. I have not taken any lobbyist money. I have not met with any lobbyists. I have no plans to meet with lobbyists. I have no plans to take lobbyist money. Uh, so that's not an issue. Uh, about women, I, I, have a, I have a daughter. She's four, four and a half, almost five years old. But I am divorced, so I, I'm single, and I, I'm not out there. I'm not a woman womanizer. I don't. I don't even have a girlfriend right now. 
I don't have a girlfriend. I'm just doing this campaign. He's too Mark busy to have a girlfriend. He's too busy. He's <laughs> 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 out 12 hours a day. <laughs> yes. Uh. <Yeah>. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this coming from the guy who plays porn like in his car. I know, on a, not on a, a TV. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's yeah. just no comment on that stuff. I know. What's interesting is that at the same time, there's this bunch of kids that were clearly there on like a day trip with some uh, you know, school supervisors or something. Yeah, there was just like one dude supervising them and they were running yeah. all over the place screaming. It Absolutely. was great. <laughs> Drowning him out a bunch of times. Yeah. Good job, kids. And so they kind of come over and, and, you know, the first kid asks like a classic kind of question, like, why would you run for Congress? Because it, the guy taking care of them is pointing to Ron and being like, look, this is like a small, small town politics. It works. It works, kids. Yeah. Don't interrupt. Like, that's a congressional candidate. Doesn't realize he's literally talking about the guy <laughs> behind Q. You can hear him say later, like, as I passed by him like we did civics today kids oh no <laughs> uh but then once like the second kid who's a bit older is like uh what party are, are you representing he's like oh i'm republican i support trump and then all the kids start just streaming away <laughs> like immediately after yeah. ron asks a young girl if, if she wants for a picture and she just stands there frozen and then eventually leaves <laughs> <laughs> um it was just so i don't know you spent like two hours at this thing, I mean, what what was your feel and, and was there anything else you wanted to talk about that happened? Um, yeah, it was just like that group of like 30-ish people like hanging out the whole time, just listening to what Ron had to say. They were clearly fans, like everybody wanted a photo with Ron. It was more like a, a Ron photo op meetup, you know, mm -hmm. and they just had his petition there to sign it. But it's just like 30 people, not that many. Yeah, um, so you, you think he got about 30 signatures there? Yeah. Damn. Probably walked around the area and got another 10, but nothing impressive. He needs 2,000 at yeah. least. And they need more than that because they check the signatures. So who knows if he'll even make it on the ballot. I'm sure they'll do more of these, but... Yeah, he mentions kind of sticking around Prescott and and uh, doing more of these uh, towards the end there. Because I saw him at the Trump rally and like him and his uh, a different guy in a Code Monkey shirt were like telling people to vote for him for Congress, but they didn't have clipboards or anything. So they're not very organized. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem that way. Like the Trump rally would have been the best place to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe maybe he will. I don't know if they're, but yeah, especially the Arizona one. Yeah, it almost feels like he's running as a troll um, just because it's another platform to share stuff and grow his telegram. And yeah, and his FEC filings weren't that impressive. Yeah. No, but at least now, like, people in part of the mainstream media that's too lazy to look him up will just be like, former congressional candidate, um, you know, pro-Trump instead of owner of 8 Coon, possible man behind Q, yeah. uh, which is, you know, a little less flattering. Because I, I did notice nobody there protesting, nobody asking him questions about Q or QAnon, right? No, uh, it's Prescott Valley, so not too many people will protest anyway. Mm -hmm. um, pretty MAGA country. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have Trump Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm more of a wings wednesday guy but <laughs> damn and so it just kind of dissolved after a while like what what happened um yeah so he gave his speech took the questions and everybody just kind of signed his stuff took the free hats and shirts and left the news team stuck around and was asking him questions and so i took off there we go um not with a bang but with a whimper yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks so much for attending this, uh, Haley. Where can people follow you and check out your work? Um, you can just find me on Twitter at Arizona Right Wing Watch. That's A-Z underscore R-W-W. I write for Left Coast now, Left Coast Right Watch now, so you should support them too. Go check it out, folks. 
So yeah, thanks so much again for uh, speaking to me today, Haley. Oh yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it's just like, it's exhausting to watch. I, I, I don't know what else to say other than that, yeah, it's just, it's just the sad, like, drippings of a troll sort of leaking mm. out of the pages of the internet and it it doesn't it, it, it doesn't quite work as well like out in the real world you know it's like when the tunes escape from Toontown and like they're you know they're sort of in the 3D world and, and, and they look yeah. kind of weird and things go wrong and I, I, I don't know it, it's just mm -hmm. it's it's unsettling and honestly I, I'm just kind yeah. of bored of Ron Watkins antics do you think he like has any does he have actual political ambitions or is this just like all self-promotion do you think it's just about like keeping his name in the kind of headlines so to speak it could be both yeah i don't i mean it could be i don't know i really don't think he has like really you know core values <laughs> that he that he, <laughs> that he really believes in besides besides himself yeah i think he does he does have core values and they are red pill the normies mm. eventually uh it's an anti-semitic red pill for him it's it's very much you know we're gonna mm. change america you know to secure our children's future kind of stuff and um yeah you know communists like anti-trans stuff mm. communist panic stuff like that's what he wants that's what him and his dad want yeah, they want to take the bullshit that they, you know, joke about or talk about in the in the, you know, the halls of of the 8chan offices and and deliver it on a on a mass scale. I mean, I could see it also as a sort of like a a Trump 2016 thing where he's doing it to kind of raise, you know, raise his sort of profile yeah. uh without mm -hmm. actually really wanting to actually have to do the job and I mean you know if yeah. history is any indicator that means he'll most likely get elected and then we'll have somebody <laughs> who A doesn't want to be there uh, B uh, whose moral compass is completely corrupt mm. and uh, yeah, C whose sole purpose is to uh, you know radicalize you know radicalize the normies the better question is why the fuck is Vincent Fusca running for Congress? <laughs> That's more mysterious to me than Ron's shitty mind. Uh, to continue the legacy of the Kennedys, obviously. <laughs> yes, Travis, I think you're right. It would be great to have another Kennedy back in Congress. I love the idea that, like, he is, like, you know... He is JFK Jr., but he hasn't revealed it. Like, he's running for no. Congress on his, like, cover name. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's going to have yeah, he doesn't shop. want to benefit from nepotism. It's like when Nick Cage <laughs> yeah. changed his last name. He can't bang his way through, like, D-list GOP circuits uh, <laughs> once he's officially, you know, the president. I mean, that's going to that's gonna be a Bill Clinton-level scandal. Yeah, I think he I think he's probably smarter than we we give him credit for and he's realizing that, you know, the sort of JFK Jr. persona doesn't really match too well with a hat and balloon shop or getting blowjobs so <laughs> in a van pasted with Trump decals. <laughs> so, he I think I think maybe in his head he's like, well, if I'm actually like in Congress, like then my the the JFK, you know, the sort of JFK yeah. Jr. thing will go a lot further because I'll actually be a politician as a Opposed to just a you know a lowly uh, you know hat hat balloon and cotton candy merchant outside the rallies. Canadian convoy highway to heaven. A small minority of Canadian truck drivers have protested new mandates requiring any trucker crossing the border into America to be vaccinated. 
They vowed to truck across Canada to the country's capital, Ottawa, and protest the federal government directly. While only 500 or so truckers actually joined the movement as it was making its way across Canada, their arrival in Ottawa has sparked a fairly large protest in our capital. Not about the cross-country vaccine mandate, but about mandates and lockdowns in general. Now it's important to note that a cross-Canada trek to Ottawa is not a particularly new phenomenon for protesters. In 1933, during the Great Depression, workers protesting awful conditions in relief camps in Vancouver, so you know, the west coast, decided to take their labour demands directly to the country's capital, while the group only made it to Saskatchewan, where they were ambushed <laughs> by the RCMP who shot at them with live ammunition. Holy shit. The fallout essentially <laughs> oh destroyed the conservative government that had facilitated it. Wow. So they're like Mad Max stopping convoys already in Canada. That's yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. I'm imagining like the RCMPs on like long poles, you know, uh, going back and forth, <laughs> like, you know, the Cirque du Soleil performers like jumping onto the trucks. For the queen. <laughs> Witness me. Yeah, that's the, the weird combination with RCMPs because they're literally Mounties, right? Like yeah. on horses, mm -hmm. which yeah. is incredibly yeah. comical, but they're also like, you know, a brutal ring of like a, a oppressive colonial settler state. Yeah. They also they're have like, a lust for blood. Yeah, like puts down indigenous <laughs> protesters and labor strikes. It's they have the, to build like a horse mounted mech and then it could like lasso <laughs> an entire convoy truck that would then transform obviously into a transformer and fight it in Ottawa. <laughs> As a result of the 1933 movement's success, at least to a certain respect, there have been many protest movements that fight against decisions made by the federal government that essentially follow a similar pattern of the on to Ottawa trek. Yet there are obviously many differences between the so-called freedom convoys that made it to Ottawa recently, resisting vaccine mandates, and the group of hyper-exploited laborers in 1933. One of the main differences is that the 1933 group actually had a large degree of public support for their cause. It turns out that most Canadian truckers do not even support this niche movement, with about 85% of them, so about the same as the national average, being already vaccinated before the mandate took effect. This means the mandate would only affect 20 or so thousand people. The Canadian Trucking Alliance, a federal trucking association, issued a statement saying that it strongly disapproved of the movement, while the Atlantic Trucking Association did the same. Their statements essentially say, like, do not associate truckers with whatever's going on right now. Yeah. Very few truckers actually participating in this. I could see you becoming the host of, like, a Canadian trucking update show just based on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, trucking simulator is fun. I want to know how I can upgrade to the where we go one, we go all skin. <laughs> yes. The lack of support extends to the Canadian population more broadly, with 80% of the adult population being fully vaccinated. Furthermore, according to an Ipsos poll at least, 80% of Canadians support vaccine mandates for federal public servants. There was also a, another poll recently that showed that about 25% of the general population specifically supported this movement, although that poll was before they reached Ottawa and the protests happened in Ottawa, which is a different story that we'll get okay. to in a second. Mm -hmm. Given the lack of public support, the ongoing protest that the Freedom Convoy sparked in Ottawa has drawn in a group of people that are not particularly good at optics. As an example, there was a statue of Terry Fox, who, if you don't know, is, is a national hero who ran across Canada to raise funds for cancer research, being desecrated with a Mandate Freedom sign being placed in his hand. Oh no, mm. I've actually participated in a Terry Fox run oh. with my school. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is bad. Bad truckers. Yeah, anyone who's grown up in Canada has had to, you know, run around their school every That's year. That's right. That's absolutely. He's uh, your um he's your Forrest Gump. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs>
The protesters in Ottawa also supposedly desecrated the National War Memorial and the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in a similar manner. I believe one of them peed oh. on the, the war oh. monument, which mm-hmm. like... Come That's on, a mistake. It's haunted for Come life. On. There is no there is no vengeful spirit like the unknown soldier. Everybody knows this. It costs nothing not to pee on the tomb of the unknown soldier. I mean, uh, me thinks based. Yeah. <laughs> Julia. Yeah. If I speak, I am in big trouble. So. <laughs> you hear it here? We're censoring live by making me say it. The protest in Ottawa that has been sparked by the truckers arriving in the city has been going on for a few days now, so from January 29th to at least February 1st. And according to Ottawa Police, has about 10,000 people participating in it. Essentially, everyone I know in Ottawa is genuinely terrified of leaving their homes for fear of, you know, anti-maskers, you know, white supremacists harassing them. Uh, these protesters have, besides defacing a few statues, done things such as forcing a homeless shelter to give them food, where they justify <laughs> yeah. it by saying technically they don't have a home in Ottawa, so oh they are homeless. <laughs> that was their public wow. justification. Mom. Wow. So they <laughs> so they realize the importance of social services. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, some of them have been uh, donning Nazi and Confederate flags, you know, blocking a large degree of traffic in the city center. And the police response to these protests has been quite tame, especially when considering the amount of violence that the police use when indigenous protesters blocked a small fraction of the traffic that these anti-vaccine protesters have been doing within Ottawa. The, the crackdown was quite brutal. Um, there was a uh, quote-unquote solidarity protest in Alberta that I believe is still ongoing that is essentially blocking one of the main arteries between Alberta and America. Mm-hmm. I-, I didn't include the video because it's not very telling, but you you look at like the cops essentially just like being very friendly with the protesters. Mm-hmm. Where like when indigenous people do that, they're brutally sort of uh, cracked down upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't even need to look at the larger protest movement that the Freedom Convoy inspired to find some extremely bad guys. So it's not as if this movement simply began with, you know, a few okay truckers who had bad opinions on the vaccine and expanded into fringe groups. The initial organization of the convoy of truckers was quite connected to Wexit and the Albertan Yellow Vest copycat movement. Here is a clip of Patrick King, an organizer of the Albertan Yellow Vest movement and an individual who is listed on the Facebook page for the Freedom Convoy as a crucial organizer for it. Now what it is, is it's the part of the depopulation. And a lot of people don't understand what that means. And what there is, is there's an end game. It's called depopulation of the Caucasian race or the Anglo-Saxon. And that's what the goal is, is to depopulate the Anglo-Saxon race. Because they are the ones with the strongest bloodlines. Oh. And we'll leave it at that because oh then we get into God. a whole different topic. But it's a depopulation of race. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what they we'll want to do. I've spoken before about how we have uh, Ahmed Abdimajad or Mahmed. I can't say their names very well because I don't have the, the dialect that they do. But we have Mahmoud <laughs> Abdimajad who states that... Um, what the fuck? No matter what, we are going to infiltrate governments, education systems. We're going to infiltrate uh, every uh, way possible into the Western world. What we're going to do is not only infiltrate by flooding with refugees, we're going to infiltrate the education systems to manipulate it to endorse this kind of behavior. This kind of behavior then endorses less procreation 
All right. What? So the less procreation, the less white people or you know Anglo-Saxon. Let's say Anglo-Saxon because when I say white, all all the Antifa guys <laughs> call up the race card. So we're gonna call ourselves Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> Okay. Incredible. <laughs> Anglo-Saxon is way better. Oh, All those Antifa genius. guys are like, whoa, yeah. Anglo-Saxon. I don't know what that means. I want to call him racist so badly, but I can't because he said Anglo-Saxon and not white. Yeah, right. So true. Very considerate of him. And and why is he why is he worried about? I mean, you're basically uh, parroting like Nazi rhetoric here. Why are you worried about what Antifa is going to say about you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's doing he's doing like sovereign citizen stuff. Stuff for racism. Yes. Like, hey, oh, yeah. bud, look, I'm in the middle of a race war, but I'm really, I really don't want the Antifa guys coming after me on <laughs> on the internet, you know? Gotta look out for optics there, bud. <laughs> <laughs> also, finally, a Canadian identifies the true enemy to Canada, uh, the... President of Iran. <laughs> <laughs> the former president who's not been president yeah, for like seven right. years when this has been recorded. That That is so good. He's like, what's the only Arab name I remember <laughs> from the news? Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, you know, that Mahmed, you know, that Mahmoud. Hey, listen, I don't know any of the dialect. <laughs> Every Does he think Arabic is like a dialect or Farsi yeah. is like a dialect of English? <laughs> you know, that in that accent, you know, that they have yeah. over there. I can't pronounce his name, but I do know he's plotting to make white people less horny. <laughs> 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 he doesn't want you to fuck. He keeps appearing in my dreams and wagging his finger while I'm trying to get it on. Every time two white people have sex, Ahmadinejad mm -hmm. is crying in heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note also that that was before the pandemic so 2019 he was saying mm. that type of thing so you know right this type of rhetoric in these sort of general movements um related to wexit and the yellow vest movement um and now the the trucker stuff has gotten even worse as an example of it getting worse he was Derek harrison a neo-nazi blogger who was participating in the ottawa protest talking about them about a week ago. Well, I got some special videos for tomorrow night, but yeah. Fucking A, guys. Let's get pumped for this. Let's go to fucking Ottawa. Let's go. Let's, I want to see one of those truckers. I wouldn't prize. Not none of our guys, obviously, but I, I would like to see our own January 6th event. See some of those truckers plow right through that 16-foot wall. None of us, of course. i just like to see it. <laughs> There's going to come a point in time where you're going to look back and be like, you're telling I your was children, there. like, were you there, there. on this yep, day I was there. in yeah. history? And well, right true, though. I mean, dude, when he said not us, he then took a half-smoked cigarette and relit it. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot invent Canada. I love it. Fucking A, guys. Fuck let's go to the beer hall push. Let's, let's go to jail. Well, not us, you know, not us, but, like, I'd love to watch that shit on TV. <laughs> I love that, too, because, like, how stupid you have to be to look at January 6th and be like, that's what we need for our movement. It's something like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know what? You know, I'm looking around, but and you know what? I see a lot of patriots still free on the streets and not locked up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's also important to note that this Derek Harrison guy is not particularly niche insofar as Maxime Bernier, the head of the growing anti-vax, anti-immigrant far-right party, has gone on his show a few months ago. Oh, man. Wow. Those of you who don't know, Bernier is the leader of the People's Party of Canada, or PPC, which is a very new party, only registering for the 2019 and 2021 elections, that is growing rapidly in popularity. 
In the 2019 election, they gained 294,000 votes, so about 1.6% of the total. But in 2021, they had 840,000 votes, so up to 4.49%. While they have not gained a single seat, because that requires like a majority or plurality in a district, and therefore have no power in government, their rise to prominence is still quite unprecedented for a party. Their party platform is explicitly anti-immigrant, anti-LGBT, anti-lockdown, and many of the candidates they ran in the last election explicitly endorsed white supremacist talking points like the Great Replacement and, you know, believe absurd anti-vax theories such as that 5G causes coronavirus, that the mandates are an attempt to accomplish a great reset, and also that if you retain your semen, you become more powerful. Yeah, I love that guy. Which is the best one, yeah. He's powerful. He's right about that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> He's the guy where semen retention warriors came from in, in my vocabulary. Right. That's a powerful phrase. It is. You know what you have to do to become powerful enough to make that phrase? Retain your semen. <laughs> Retain. <laughs> Absolutely. Maxime Bernier openly supports the so-called freedom convoys. Speaking at an event on the 29th of January and criticizing O'Toole, the real name of the leader of the conservative party. So, you know, official opposition to Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party for not showing up to meet with the protesters. Mm -hmm. Now, O'Toole and the Conservative Party more broadly have been stuck between a rock and a hard place in terms of appealing to their rapidly splitting voter base. The majority of conservative voters being quote-unquote respectable conservatives who love civility and abhor the fact that the People's Party of Canada is saying the quiet part out loud. This group is generally not fond of Trump and uses Trump's rise to power in the South as a reason for why Canada is better than America. Then there's the increasingly radicalized group who want a Canadian Donald Trump. These people are tired of liberal governance and critique it in the same way that Trump supporters down south hate Hillary Clinton and Al Biden. This more radicalized group is entirely plugged into the far-right American media sphere, repeating the same conspiracy talking points that are analyzed on this podcast by Americans. You know, Great Reset, 5G causes COVID, the Liberal Party are pedophiles and Satan worshippers, etc. Mm-hmm. This radicalized group is getting larger, pulling in more and more from the quote-unquote respectable conservative group as well as from elsewhere. A lot of, like, Green Party hippies are essentially going into People's Party of Canada now. Wow. O'Toole realizes that in order to win, he cannot alienate either of these two ostensibly opposed groups, which explains why O'Toole's statements about the so-called Freedom Convoy have been so difficult to pin down. As I mentioned before, the more radical right-wing PPC leader, Bernier, condemned O'Toole for initially not wanting to meet with the Freedom Convoy when it got to the capital city of Ottawa. On January 24th, O'Toole condemned the Freedom Convoy, saying that vaccinated truckers are essential for the Canadian economy during a time of crisis. Several several of your MPs have uh, uh, tweeted out support for the uh, convoy. Uh, One of them saying uh, that uh, he felt uh, the Prime Minister had a vendetta against people who were unvaccinated. Do you support the convoy? its goals, its objectives, even though the Canadian Trucking Alliance says it could be disruptive. And to follow, again, repeat Louis' question, will you meet with them when they come to Ottawa? We've been talking to the Canadian Truckers Alliance, Glenn, for several months. We've seen a crisis in the supply chain coming for several months, and we've proposed policies to try and help alleviate that, the most important of which is vaccines. And we encourage everyone to get vaccinated and to get boosted. And how can we use those tools alongside the other tools to make sure that we don't see shortages on grocery store shelves? Because here's the reality. When there's a shortage of products, the costs go up. And Canadians are already 60% worried about paying their grocery bill. So we can't have policies that make that even worse. And we can't raise taxes. So that's what we've been advocating for responsibly the last few months, Glenn, is to try and tackle the supply chain crisis, encourage vaccination, not ignore problems and divide the country like Mr. Trudeau does. 
You didn't answer my question uh, about uh, yes, you, I did. You, you didn't say whether you, whether you are a critical tool. You didn't say whether you meet with them. And we need didn't say what, to no, make sure we keep well, store shelves maybe, full. Maybe you can maybe you can answer that's, in, in, that's in response to my next week, question, sir. You can you can you can say whether you meet with them. That's why last week, Glenn, when the policy of the federal government for less than 24 hours reversed on the situation with trucking, the government was floating whether they could actually change their policy to address the supply chain ch shortage, and they decided not to. I've always said getting vaccination levels up, but also using rapid tests and other tools to, to make sure products get to store shelves, that's what a government needs to do. And that's what we'll continue to advocate for. My follow-up question is about the supply chain. Uh, one of your MPs uh, tweeted out a photograph purporting to be empty uh, grocery store shelves in Canada. Uh, turns out it was actually from the UK several years ago. Does, when things like that happen, does that undermine your party's credibility on this issue? Well, we've been talking about shortages for some time. So has the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. So we've been sent photos from people's stores and people have been anecdotally saying it. I've seen a bit of it myself. Wow. Slippery, slippery little eel. Oh, yeah. He's the definition of O'Toole responding to stuff is like having to navigate those two support groups and just like being slippery, basically. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's tough. I feel bad for him. Oh, it's it's an impossible <laughs> circle to square, which is really funny. And speaking of him being slippery, a few days later on the 27th, so that clip was on the 24th, O'Toole released an ad condemning the bilateral vaccine mandate. Do you know what vegetables grow really well at minus 30? None of them. Canada is a trading nation. If you own it, a trucker delivered it. You probably noticed some empty shelves at your grocery store. That's because Justin Trudeau put in place a mandate that all truckers entering this country, either Canadian or American, have to be fully vaccinated. If Trudeau's attack on truckers is allowed to continue, tens of thousands will be unable to work. And more than that, grocery prices will become even more expensive while fruit and vegetables rot in American warehouses unable to get to Canada. The produce that will be able to get to Canada will see their shipping costs skyrocket by 25%. And Canadian families and small businesses will be the ones ultimately paying Trudeau's bill. Two years ago, truckers were crossing the border between Canada and the US when no one else was allowed, when no one else would. They're often the unsung heroes of the essential services. Drivers are still active in moving supplies during a pandemic, but they face some unique challenges. In the face of a new disease and all the confusion at the start of the pandemic, it was many of these brave truckers that helped get us through COVID. There's no way around it. Fast forward to today and Justin Trudeau is demonizing many of those truckers and threatening both our economy and our food supply, all to distract from his inflation crisis and his failures on COVID. Now there's a convoy of truckers on a cross-country protest to draw attention to how unfair this mandate is to them. The freedom to peacefully assemble, to protest, is a critical part of our democracy. Truckers want to work. Justin Trudeau's telling them no. We're really, really alienating big pockets of our population with some of these mandates. And whether it's justified or not, it's hard to say. Whenever a policy is being implemented, I think we have to ask ourselves, what's the goal here? Like, what are you actually trying to do? That's probably one of the most important aspects uh, to question when you're making policy. And, I, and sadly, I think sometimes that gets lost. This policy against truckers is an attack on common sense. And it's an attack on every Canadian's household budget. Canadians deserve access to affordable food. Truckers have been our COVID heroes, period. 
Canada doesn't function as a trading nation without them. Bidding Canadians against one another is un-Canadian, but just watch as Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party try to demonize these hard-working men and women. But that's how it is in Justin Trudeau's Canada. You're only a hero if you agree with the Trudeau Liberals. It's really important that you share this video. Wow. A big red thing in the middle that just says, share this video. <laughs> For all of the 90-year-olds on Facebook that are like, oh, let me click the share button, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, this video is obviously absurd for a couple reasons. You know, the trucker vaccine mandate hadn't taken effect by January 27th. So, you know, couldn't have affected lack of food supply. It also does not affect 85% of truckers who are already vaccinated. You know, but this is O'Toole's attempt at taking the side of the increasingly radical portion of his voter base who support the truckers while also maintaining that vaccine is itself good. On the 28th, so a day after this video is released, he would meet up with some of the truckers in the Freedom Convoy while supposedly disavowing the more extreme elements of the group. As we can see, the support for the Freedom Convoy has been relatively minimal within Canada, at least initially. So why has it become so significant? It seems like most of the discussion about this wasn't actually related to truckers themselves, but people who showed up in quote-unquote support for the truckers. Like most of Canadian politics, it has been entirely affected by what Americans have to say about it with the entire right-wing media sphere in America banding together to support the truckers on their trip to Ottawa. From Laura Ingram on Fox News supporting them, to Joe Rogan saying Canada is in revolt, to Elon Musk tweeting, Canadian truckers rule, to even Donald Trump supporting them in a statement. The truckers became a part of the American culture war against mandates. Is this sort of a good example of the internationalist nationalism that we're seeing quite commonly among the far right of recent? You know, with anti-Joe Biden nationalists in America supporting Canadian truckers resisting a vaccine mandate that affects international trade. I would argue that the American coverage of this issue made it dramatically larger than it would have been otherwise, even for those within Canada itself. As most of the radicalized far-right voting flock I was talking about before get most of their news from American far-right media sources. You can see evidence of this by the fact that Confederate flags were and are being waved at the Freedom Convoy protests in Ottawa. Okay. <laughs> It's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, the anti-vaxxers here in the UK are doing their own copycat convoy today. I think they said they were going to do it. Oh, yeah. How far oh, got. my God. It's like, it's a bit weird, though, because like none of them are truckers. They're just like driving their cars. Right. <laughs> they call it the lorry lump. The lorry lump is coming. A <laughs> uh, little note from me, Lou Vagar. After the fact, I think this is three days after we recorded this, O'Toole has been ousted as the Conservative Party leader with a vote that happened uh, this Wednesday on the 3rd with 118 members of Parliament voting, 73 of them voted to replace him. And so he is gone. He submitted his formal resignation and it is effective immediately. So he fucked up so bad on this one, he basically got cooed. So we'll see that the future of the Conservative Party will probably look closer to Trump's Republican Party in a couple years. That's pretty much what conservative MPs are basically telling us here, is that O'Toole is too much of a, a pussy and is unable to take a side on these types of issues because of his party splitting. Basically just pretending that the split isn't happening and trying to mend an irreconcilable difference. Anyways, back to the recording. Well, thank you so much, Liv. I, I, I know that your opinion, obviously, of the truckers is very low right now, but uh, could I present to you an American guy who goes by Marine Rapper that might change your mind with his music, uh, specifically the song called Freedom Convoy? Absolutely. Which I insist on playing because it, it changed my mind. <laughs> so... Weren't Canadian troops overseas fighting for 
Freedoms? I guess we need a uh, freedom convoy. This for my folks in the north. Truckers, Canadians. <laughs> this for my folks in the north. Truckers who are putting food on our grocery store shelves. Yeah. Freedom convoy. Some of them paid full cost. Never can. I can remember, we was deployed to the desert Canada, you was together, nobody yellow Talk. Holding them weapons, Canadians, they were my brethren They were my brethren Frontline. They stick their neck up for you, stay true to whoever Somewhere anything that's happened in Canada Know that I got you forever, I mean it out Look in the reaper's eyes, gotta survive We got to stay alive, all of us just GIs Sign that line, die for our country's sides They fought for your life, side by side Pop, 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 fire just to come back to divide, here you go. Tell them how to run their lives. All of this programming sucks. That's what they call it the vaccine. <laughs> Tell them enough is enough. Government has been so taxing. Freedom convoy with the trucks, nothing but Canada flags. That's not true. The blow with the guns, the beach, and the wise is lasting. Soldiers I never forget. Still got the popular side of my chest. This for Canadian troopers who left. Fight for your freedom till I lose my breath. Boxing and getting the check. How you the dog and they shooting the vet? How are you sick when they boosted and checked? <laughs> Trudeau is the same as Biden in US. That's a, a beautiful song about international cooperation. That's right. I also like how he's just like, oh yeah, Canadian soldiers fought with me, so therefore I just like, I support anything Canadians do now. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, with my Canadian brethren creating crossfire uh, on a man and his daughter going to the market. And uh, yeah, they were uh, eliminated with extreme prejudice. So these truckers are good, folks. We did the Highway of Death together. What, yeah, what bad could they do? <laughs> yeah. I've been in helicopters with Canadian brethren looking down and dropping shit. Yeah, look, he was driving through the six with his trucks. <laughs> nice. My God. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Also, this rap song Thank is you, a Jake. complete ripoff of the designer song Panda. You know, the Black and Six Phantom. Why does it look like a panda? You know that oh, song, yeah, you guys? It's exa it's song. like basically the same exact flow. So man, stop ripping off designer. This is like evil pop smoke. Maybe you and Liv's podcast is gonna be cool now. Now I can see some kind of crossover. Me taste. and Liv's podcast <laughs> yeah. is gonna be it's gonna be bigger than Chapo. It's it's <laughs> to, one yeah. one one self aware millennial of of his faults. And uh, and a Gen Zer uh, explaining why those why those faults suck. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to Patreon.com/QAnonAnonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you sub, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. And uh, Annie has her own podcast. It's called Vaccine, the Human Story. You can go find that where all good podcasts are served and, of course, on YouTube. It's fantastic stuff. And you can also follow her at Annie KNK on Twitter. Liv also has a podcast. It's the Liv Agar podcast, A-G-A-R. You can search for that. And, uh, you know, it's a mix of, of philosophy and uh, I'm assuming transsexual propaganda. Of course, always. Every single episode. <laughs> Pure uncut transsexual propaganda. <laughs> you can follow her on Twitch and Twitter, uh, Liv Agar. For everything else, we have a website, QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until, until next, next week, week, may the deep dish bless you and, and keep you. you. I'm sure disaster. that was better on recording than in the call. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure that sounded really good. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue.
a lot of guys are still sleeping. Guys, they're fast. So many trucks where guys are sleeping. You got guys outside. They're making themselves breakfast, making themselves lunch. You got they, these truckers can't sit in their trucks all day. They do need to get out. They do need to stretch their legs. Yeah, it is a little bit cold for them, but they're out here. They do a couple little laps, small ones. They stretch their legs. They stretch their arms. They're doing whatever the hell they can. I need to see that sign, brother. Show us your tits for freedom. Hell fucking yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Amazing. Guys. Oh, yeah, let's go. They're playing road hockey over here. Tell me you're Canadian without telling me you're Canadian. We're in the middle of winter. We're in a protest. We're in a convoy. These guys brought out the fucking hockey nets. These guys are playing hockey in the middle of the streets. Hell fucking yeah. Hell yeah.